you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What is going on? Happy day after Thanksgiving, everybody. This is the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. And no, this is not the raspy voice of James Coe. I am Marcus Grant alongside the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhard. Do I have the right to say that name? Is that trademark? I think trademarked? you can. I don't think it's trademarked. Okay, James Coe. great. Well, the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhard, behind the glass as always. But uh, a couple... Uh, I won't say new voices because they've been on the show before, but it's nice to have the, the fantasy stronghold. For those of you who don't understand, the, the, in, in the newsroom, the four of us sit in kind of a little pod, and we exchange ideas. Pleas- I guess and pleasantries. Pleasantries. And, and a lot of jazz. And, and sometimes unpleasantries as well. But uh, we are welcoming in for a special edition Matt Franciscovich, a.k.a. The Franchise. You can find him on Twitter at Matt Franchise. And Matt Harmon. It's the Matt and Matt show. How are you guys doing? What's up? Doing, doing good. Terrific. Yeah. yeah. Excited to come on the podcast and correct a few things. Like, uh, I'm not from West Virginia, and Marcus, my beard is not fake. Okay. Just wanted, <laughs> to, get that, <laughs> I just wanted to get that out of the way. It's the correction right pod. He's, uh, yeah. he's been waiting all week. He's been waiting. Yeah. He was going to be <laughs> on the podcast. He's like, there's <laughs> been so much slander. And you know how I feel about slander. I mean, you know, he. I'm surprised he didn't have Carrie Underwood say, I've been waiting all day for yeah. Friday morning. Friday morning. Yeah. <laughs> get so. her to pre-record that as well. So, of course, we do have a full show. There was plenty of football action on things. Thanksgiving Day, we'll have some headlines for you, uh, some really big injuries to, to keep an eye on. Look at some matchups for the rest of Week 12, and because it is Black Friday, we'll have some fantasy dilemmas that we'll talk about later, and of course, we'll finish up, as we always do, with the Daily Daps. But let's back up to Thursday. Three games on the schedule on Thursday. One of them was actually entertaining. But uh, we'll get to that one a little bit later. We'll start with the first game of the day, the Lions actually brings some Thanksgiving Day joy to the city of Detroit. Feels like it's been a while since that's happened. They just rampaged the Eagles 45-14. to It was all about Matt Stafford, and Calvin Johnson looked like Megatron again this week, guys. I mean, it's been a while since we have seen Calvin Johnson have a huge week, but... I mean, Alex, he, he looked like Megatron. It was good to see. I saw – I didn't get to read the article this morning, but Matthew Stafford apparently was praising Jim Bob Cooter's aggressive play calling, and you could see that. They were pushing the ball downfield. They were doing some more creative things. And, uh, Ma- I mean, Megatron hadn't, what, found the end zone in, like, a couple weeks or only, like, once or twice all year. So he was a candidate for some touchdown regression. Didn't expect three <laughs> in one game. But, yeah, it was good. It was encouraging to see from an offense that for most of the season has been a colossal disappointment. Yeah, I just, you know, here's a weird thing, though. I mean, he had the three touchdowns. It's great. I'm not complaining, uh, especially because I think I'm, I'm running up against you, Franchise, and I have him in my lineup this week. That's correct. Uh, he still has one 100-yard game for the season. Yeah, he only uh, had 93 yards. But, I mean, Franchise, at this point, we'll the, take it. <laughs> it, are we, are, have we reached the start everybody against the Eagles portion of the season now? I think we have. I think a big reason uh, Calvin 
had such a big game is uh, Eric Rowe, that rookie defensive back, was on him in like man-to-man coverage the whole game, and Stafford just exploited it. Um, even the even the play-by-play guys were talking about how they felt bad for him because it was just not <laughs> fair. It's probably not a good sign. So yeah, yeah. it, it helped. Uh, Nolan Carroll went out of that game with a I believe a broken ankle. Yeah, um, that was a ghastly injury. That yeah. uh, so that obviously changed a lot of but things. Yeah, the, there. the Eagles just look horrible recently. They look like they've quit. Yeah, I mean to be honest, like they. It's one of those guys aren't trying. Like you couldn't tell me that one of the routes where Calvin Johnson came back and ran a curl. Uh, that Byron Maxwell was actually trying to cover him. Like he didn't. Well, he didn't care. Byron Maxwell has kind of been a dumpster fire this year. Yeah. Uh, and and certainly, if you ask anybody around or any Eagles fans, they will you know, not hesitate to let you know how awful he's been this year. Um, so, I mean, I guess on the flip side, though, because of that, you know, it's two weeks in a row. Matt Stafford has been pretty good. I mean, he had a nice week a couple weeks ago against the Raiders. Uh, obviously, the you know, five touchdowns, 337 yards. I mean, Harmon, are we believing in Matt Stafford now, or is this just you know matchups, basically? Well, I th- kind of think we are to the point that as a matchup-based quarterback, you definitely expect a high ceiling from him. I mean, that Lions offense is pretty tough to deal with when they're firing at all cylinders. I mean, Riddick, Riddick has pretty much a wide receiver skill set coming out of the backfield. Amir Abdullah looked really good yesterday, which was nice to see. Yeah, we haven't said that in a while. Yeah. yeah. We haven't said that since the preseason, was it, last yeah. time we complimented him? Pretty um, much. So he looked great. And, yeah, obviously when Calvin Johnson's at top form, he's one of the best receivers in the league. And Golden Tate is a really good weapon out of the slot, too. So when all those guys are firing on all cylinders and they're not trying to funnel targets to Eric Ebron or give touches to <laughs> Joyk Bell, yeah. Gross. It's, a t- it's a good offense, and Stafford's at the helm of it, and it looks like they're Mr. Cooter has. Uh, hey, by the way, don't knock Joyke Bell. I mean, he had what almost 80, 80 yards. Very, uh, he had he did have I'll a take, touchdown. No, we, I'll take whatever shot. We, we can yeah. knock Joyke Bell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the other side of this, I know we don't have many things written or to say about the Eagles, but they're terrible. I mean, offensively, they're just bad. Uh, you know, they got the touchdown late when the game was certainly well out of hand. Which I mean, I guess if you're still forcing Jordan Matthews into the into your lineup, Stop. congratulations. Yeah, because you got that late touchdown. That but was like the most garbage touchdown I've ever seen. It, 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 yeah. touchdown. It's the second one of the year too. He had the one in week two against the Cowboys. Right, right. Yeah. It's it's frustrating as hell watching this offense too because they have talented players, but it's like Chip is so stuck in his own system that he won't make changes that will benefit his offense and his players like stop running DeMarco Moran stretch plays put him put him in the eye formation or just let him run between the tackles yeah I don't I don't understand that uh you know and maybe I get it you know in the last couple of weeks when you haven't had Ryan Matthews and so you're you're kind of forcing DeMarco to do things he can't do but this was going on when Ryan Matthews was healthy and on the field they're trying to stretch him out to the outside I I don't I don't get it um you know, Mark Sanchez, one ninety nine, two touchdown passes. Uh, he didn't have uh, he didn't have any interceptions. He did lose a fumble. It was not a butt fumble. Um, it's disappointing. So yeah. even Darren Sproles couldn't get anything going. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, look, I will admit, I whiffed on the Eagle offense. I feel like a lot of us whiffed on the Eagle offense this year. We we kind of bought in. Maybe it was the talk of kale smoothies uh, or something, but. <laughs> Play, practice playlists and other things? All these things. I mean, we expected this, especially in the preseason. They came out in a couple games, and they, they were on fire. They looked like a juggernaut. Um, it just hasn't worked. And I know, Harmon, you know, you have this, this thought that I, I buy into it. You just can't run an offense through a slot receiver, and they don't 
they don't have anybody on the outside who scares defenses right now. Yeah, if you look at all the offenses in the league where their primary guy is coming out of the slot, there are super inconsistent offenses. Miami, Green Bay, who we'll talk about later, all those guys, their top threats are in the slot, and the offense comes and goes because of it. Uh, that's one I think one of Chip's biggest failures is that he's tried to treat outside wide receivers as kind of you know interchangeable assets. Like he's funneling in like Riley Cooper, Miles Austin, Josh Huff, Nelson Aguilar. None of those guys can really get settled on the outside, and I think that's been a big problem. He's taken the two you know really let they let Jeremy Macklin walk. They gave away Deshaun Jackson. So I think that's been the biggest problem with the offense is they don't have any perimeter threats. And the whole thing is it's just way too easy to defend. So at this point, you know, you're not starting any of the Eagles quarterbacks. When Bradford's back, you're probably not starting him. So right now it's what? DeMarco Murray is a matchup-based guy, and, you know, Ryan Matthews is a flex potentially when he's back and, and healthy. I, I mean, is that it? DeMarco's a solid RB2, RB1, because he's just going to continue to get fed touches. Yeah, he's the question got with, the volume. Yeah, the question with him, though, is – didn't a few of the players come out in the media and question his effort too? Because I knew he had that like ridiculous slide. Yeah, that uh, didn't get him a first I've, down or whatever. I've rarely seen a running back take a slide. I can't. Like I couldn't tell you the last time I ever no, saw I, a running back slide. Uh, so, I think the only time I can remember seeing, you know, it's like, was it Brian Westbrook when he was like, didn't yeah, well, score a right, touchdown yeah, or unless, something? Unless it's yeah. like a strategic reason, right? Yeah, <laughs> just sliding to avoid a hit, like that's your job. So I think yeah. it, that's something you have to watch with pretty much this whole team. I mean, he's really the only fantasy asset, like we mentioned. Um, but with all these guys, when teams start to get to this point where they're just getting thumped every week by pretty much inferior opponents, it's like, when do we get on? You know give up watch yeah it's yeah. not good well you know and they've lost three in a row to teams that in theory they could have or should have beaten yeah uh the scary part is they are still sort of in the hunt in the, uh, the nfc east speaking of teams sort of in the hunt in the nfc east, i guess we can nope. we can officially yeah. write off the dallas cowboys the hunt is now, over right? it is yeah, over it's over uh they lose on thanksgiving 33 14 to the panthers in a game that wasn't even that close Carolina dominated it from start to finish, really. It started with the uh, the pick six from Kurt Coleman. Luke Keekley had a pick six. He had, actually, he had what, interceptions on back-to-back plays. Luke Keekley yes. did, yeah. yes. Yep. Um, pick six. And I, I think I tweeted at that point that Tony Romo was putting the giving in Thanksgiving. <laughs> that was kind of how that day went. Uh, you know, offensively for the Panthers, they I mean, they won the game, obviously, and they dominated it. It wasn't a huge day for them. I mean, Cam Newton just had 183 passing yards. He did have the rushing touchdown. And I mean that was the only offensive touchdown they scored in that ball game. It, it yeah. wasn't really a great day to have a Panther player, offensive player at least, on your team this week. Nope. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Uh, they didn't really have to do much. No, we said they no, got they right, got they, they got so comfortably ahead in that game, and the offense wasn't on the field that often because they kept getting you know the pick sixes and stuff. Yeah, the Dallas defense is okay too. Like it's not you know, a, a bottom five unit in the league. They can be exploited. They're not like, you know, last year or the year before when it was right. terrible. Yeah, so they have they have some players there, and they definitely stopped Caroline on a few crucial third downs, so they couldn't really mount a lot of drives. But, yeah, it, it just was one of those games where your fantasy players are going to disappoint because of the game script. Um, I mean, looking through this and just kind of looking at the numbers here, I mean, Jericho Cotri was the leading receiver with 73 yards. Greg Olson, you know, just doing his thing with 70 yards. Uh I, I'm, I was watching it, and you know, they kept talking up Devin Funches, and he has become a bigger part of the offense, but, I mean, I don't know what to say about him, Alex, other than he's just, a, right now, I mean, you're not starting Devin Funches, are you? In the right matchup, maybe, and if Corey Brown continues to uh, have to sit dealing with his injury, because Funches, I think, again, at least for the for the first half, he was leading the team in snaps. 
Uh, so he was the only guy out there in one wide receiver sets, and he was in there in other formations as well. So they're going to continue to work him in more, uh, but he's going to be more of a matchup-based guy right now just because that the passing offense is going to be tough to predict in the Carolina outside of Greg Olson. Funches looks a lot better than he did last year at Michigan. I mean, some of his some of his work last year at Michigan was really bad. It's bad. <laughs> really, really bad. Well, um, he also was – I mean, he's kind of a tweener because yeah. he, he, he flip-flopped between wide receiver and tight end at Michigan, and I, still, I think he's still kind Super of learning young. to be – he's young. I think he's still 21. learning to be a wide receiver at some point. Yeah, no, and they've definitely – Carolina has done a really good job of developing receivers lately. Uh, their wide receiver coach, Ricky Prowls, former wide receiver himself, mm-hmm. he's done really well with Funches this year and Benjamin last year, but, you know – Funches is still kind of like a puppy growing into his paws. You know, I I, uh, I, I charted <laughs> good way to put last, it. Yeah, I charted his last three games for reception perception this week, and yeah, I mean, there's it's still some hit and miss stuff, so it's going to be ups and downs. Uh, on the other side of the Dallas Cowboys, and, and we'll certainly get into some of this stuff when we uh, hit our top headlines in a little bit. But uh, you know, obviously the big story there, Tony Romo. Uh, going out with a clavicle injury, you know, had to really rush himself back, I would say, to try and, and get his team back in contention because, you know, they still had a shot at the playoffs. Obviously, if Romo is gone, that is probably done. Uh, but uh, it just – that offense, it struggled when Romo was on the field on, on Thursday. It was even worse when he was off the field. And I know, Franchise, you're a guy who – you know, you've got Des Bryant on one of your rosters – I mean, yeah. at this point, how are you, how do you feel? I mean, what do you do? I feel like it's like the feel, it's the feelings podcast now. How do you feel with I, Des Bryant on your roster? I do not feel good. <laughs> but I mean, can you really bench a guy like Des? Like it's it's we're coming up on week thirteen. You need you need wins in fantasy. It's a playoffs coming up here. Like you can't leave a guy like Des on the bench, but you can't expect much out of him with Matt Castle back there. So that is the problem. I mean, and that's kind of what we've been saying. Uh, because I'm sure you guys, just like me, I get a lot of tweets asking what I do with Des Bryant. Do I start him? And my response has been, look, when you drafted Des Bryant, you drafted him to be an every-week player. He's a wide receiver one. Looking at Des's schedule, next week uh, he goes into Washington. The following week, uh, first week of the playoffs for most people, into Green Bay. Uh, And, again, he'll have Matt Castle under center. Then week 15 has a date with uh, Revis Island, assuming he's healthy. On uh, Saturday night, he gets the Jets come into Dallas, and then in the championship week of the playoffs, if you're still there, has to take on the Bills. So it's not exactly an ideal schedule rest of the way for him with Matt Castle under center. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be rough. I think you kind of have to view him as like a wide receiver too at this point. Like it just depends on what your other options are. Like Dez is too good, and like you're saying, he's too good in the red zone especially mm-hmm. to bench. Like he could always a threat for two touchdowns. Um, but you just if there are you have two better options in a week, I think you can you can bench him. But again, it's just about adjusting expectations. Yeah. It's not like you're benching him no matter or, yeah. what for Travis Benjamin or something like that. Right, like right. just make sure you have somebody better to throw him into. Yeah. You know, we've been talking just amongst ourselves about how the first round you look at the first round of, of most fantasy drafts and they've been it's been pretty awful. I mean, you got running backs who've either underperformed or been hurt. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, who was you know the quarterback that most people took in the first round, has kind of struggled. Although, you know, we'll get to that in, in just a second. It seems like it's spilling over into the second round now, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, we've got Dez, who you know has been injured. Now his quarterback is out. I mean, until yesterday, really, uh, Calvin Johnson had disappointed. It just it's 
I think I'm going to just abstain from drafting until round three next year. Yeah, we got to stop with the whole you can lose your league in the first round of your draft because somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to win. Here, but, <laughs> but also, and you, that's why you got to always think of fantasy as like being, a, you know, like four legs of a table and the other two legs of like waivers and trades are way more important than just the draft. Yeah. No, we talk about the draft so much. Again, it's so important because we have so many months to prepare for it. Right. Uh, moving on to the third and final game, the one game that was actually entertaining. Now, on- they don't. We don't, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> let's, talk, let's, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's move on. I was, uh, I was trying to, to see here. I was trying to spare you, like, you know, let you kind of get, uh, you know, work up your, your feelings before we, we got to this one. Uh, <laughs> Packers, Bears from Lambeau Field on a very cold, very rainy night in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and the, the two eternal rivals going after each other. Uh, ended with the Bears hanging on for a 17-13 win. Um, before we get to what was, you know, what happened on the field, obviously halftime was amazing. Brett Favre gets his number retired and Bart Starr comes out and, you know, they share a moment uh, on the field at halftime, which pretty, pretty great. If you haven't read it, there was a good story in ESPN, the magazine that came out a couple months ago about Bart Starr and his fight because he wanted to be back at Lambeau for this moment. And he's battling a lot of health issues and stuff. And it was pretty cool seeing him be able to get there and then have that moment with Brett Favre on the field. Yeah, no, I'm getting chills just kind of remembering it from yeah. last night because it was it was pretty special. Even, you know, you don't have to be a Packer fan. You just have to be a no, football that's, fan. That's just football history you right there. That's, cool. that's you, pretty cool. You just have to be a football fan to appreciate that. So that was, that was pretty special. But uh, on the field, it wasn't really special for either team. I shouldn't say that. Eddie Lacy continues to look better. I mean, <laughs> two weeks in a row now. He has had over 100 yards rushing, had 105 rushing yards last night, not to mention 34 receiving yards and a touchdown, which he very nearly you know, he almost bungled. Desha- he almost Deshaun did. <laughs> he almost yeah. bungled it. But, uh, you know, he holds on to it long enough to cross the goal line, and, and that was it. Uh, I mean, at this point, is it safe to say Eddie Lacy's in every I, week? I feel uh, comfortable with him as an every week RB2 at this point. Because um, he's, star- he's starting to get fed the touches, too, and – it's funny to say he's like the best player on this offense right now because <laughs> uh, the, the wide receivers are, are a mess and uh, Rodgers is not having any help from the wide receivers then. So, And Lacey, like you said, has looked great. He's got his foot quickness has looked better. I think it's part of healing up. Maybe he maybe he hit the stationary bike a lot during uh, his offseason and, you know, shed a few pounds. But this is the running back that people expected that they drafted in the first round. So if you swung a trade for him or held on and kept the faith, you're going to be rewarded down the stretch because this is this has been, you know, what the Packers have done the last couple of years with him is even if like last year they'll still be like, oh, James Starks is the you know the one-two combo with Lacey, but then they feed Lacey twenty plus touches. I've already seen the future. Okay, and in 2016, 2017, and 2018, we're still sitting here in November telling you, hey, Eddie Lacey's back. You know, <laughs> yeah. at the end of the season every year because this is the same thing that happened last year. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I've started to think that that maybe we yeah. just just don't panic on him when he struggles for the first month to six weeks of the season. Because remember last year, after September, everybody's freaking out. Yeah. Like, what do I do with Eddie Lacy? And then, you know, he well, he had a bye week, and then he turned things around, and he was great. Good football players are good. Yeah. And he's a good football player. It's just, you know, sometimes you're a December back or whatever, and, you know, you just uh, – fantasy – Fantasy football makes people panic because you are right. invested in these players on a week-to-week basis. But, yeah, I mean, you, some some of these guys are just going to take some time. And hopefully maybe one of these years he won't suffer an injury in, like, week two. Right. That, yeah, that limits him because last year he had a concussion that made him miss a game, and yeah. they worked him back slowly. This year was the ankle. But 
It's good. Now, uh, let's get uh, to what I'm sure everybody's excited to talk about, the Green Bay wide receivers. Uh, I mean, yeah, that was the next thing on the agenda. Aaron Rodgers finishes the day 202 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. An interception that I think was the fault of Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you know, obviously it comes out of the hand of Aaron Rodgers, but a lot of that had to do with Devontae Adams just running a poor route which was just part of a very awful very, day. Very bad, very lazy route. Um, you know, it was just part of a terrible day for Devontae Adams. Had a number of drops. Still has not figured out what it is Aaron Rodgers expects of him in that offense. Just continues to kind of look lost out there. He ends the day with two catches for 14 yards. And, you know, I, look, Aaron Rodgers is arguably the greatest quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, but... He is showing us that if you don't have guys who can get open and catch the football, it Adams does had 11 it targets. I just I knew it was yes. too many, but I wanted to look. <laughs> yes. That's insane. You know, and it's funny too cuz I watching that drive uh when when Rodgers threw the interception, you know, he had a couple of runs. Uh he threw one I think what to uh, Richard Rodgers, yeah. I believe in there. And yep. and I thought to myself they would be smart just to not go toward Devontae Adams at all in this drive. And in the very next play, he throws the pick, and I see the replay, and I see who it is that he was targeting. I mean, it was pretty much every time he, they, he threw a pass and something bad happened, I would just wait until the wide receiver stood up. Most <laughs> of the time, number, he was on the ground, was yeah. and then it was number 17. Yeah, yeah. so Devontae Adams, um, if you stretched his three-game pace, just these last three oh, weeks, God. out to a 16-game season. He's been waiting all have... morning to get to this, by <laughs> the way. I, I have a sticky note. <laughs> He would have 192 targets, 80 receptions, 688 yards, and zero touchdowns. That's real, <laughs> real bad. Yeah. That's that's ungood. So Adams, too, was a guy that was oh. really popular in the offseason. Uh, he was probably the worst uh, wide receiver I graded through reception perception, which if you don't know me, uh, which you might not. He uh, is the wide receiver whisperer, folks. Yeah, well, it's just it's a methodology I use to chart wide receivers. You can check out some of the stuff on the internet with the Google. Uh, he had the second worst score against man coverage last year amongst the rookies, worst against zone. Uh, doubles doesn't really count. He wasn't really doubled that much. And then the second worst against press. So just all in all from last year, he was a really bad player. And we got to stop believing that a player is going to break out or especially a pass catcher just because their quarterback says so we're looking at you Devontae Adams and we're looking at you Marcus Wheaton and Jared Boykin I think part of the hope <laughs> part of the hope with Adams too was that there was a lot of bad there were a lot of bad things on tape but he had those couple splashes so it was like well maybe in the offseason because yeah. you know there's lately it's been a jump from rookie to sophomore year despite all the crazy things that like Amari Cooper and Odo Beckham are doing so that was my hope I knew there were some bad some bad signs on tape and I read your reception perception but Obviously, being a homer, I, I had some, I had some hope, and then, and also with like a larger sample size, he might be able to get it done. And Jesus Christ, has this larger sample size gone poorly? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um, just about expectations, man. Like he can be a, a usable receiver, but they gotta stop throwing him the ball so much. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So I mean, but, but then this begs the bigger question. I mean, what do you do, franchise, about Aaron Rodgers going forward? I mean, this is another guy who, again, he was probably a late first-round pick in a lot of leagues. I know, you know, in your league of record, Gelhar, he was, what, the third overall pick, I believe? Yeah, but, probably. It's also a six-passing touchdown league, and it's a league with a bunch of guys from Wisconsin. Right, so exactly. Goes, so, I mean, you know, that that's with an asterisk. But either way, he was a first-round guy in a lot of leagues. He still has all the talent in the world. We know how good he is, but it doesn't matter if his guys aren't catching the football. Yeah, and I mean, that's the other uh, big thing here. James Jones didn't have a target the whole game, and he's like, what, two weeks ago, he had 100 yards. Well, he got a target. He got a couple targets late, I think. Did I he? think he had yeah. six he targets. He didn't, late, he, didn't he didn't have a catch, though, yeah. He doesn't show up in the box score, but yeah. um, 
Like he, Rogers needs these other guys to step up when a guy like Adams is is just dropping the the ball out that he's got to stop throwing to him. Yeah, Cobb had a decent like quiet afternoon. He had six six of his seven targets he caught for like seventy four yards. But like we said, he can't he can't do it all on his own. Probably yeah. should have had a touchdown. By the way, on the uh, although I think technically they made the right call because think, a different I lineman moved up, off yes. of that guy's thing. It was the is the guard that moved, but. Yeah, darn it. You know who else should have had a touchdown <laughs> was Devontae Adams, but he dropped it. Yeah, well. Uh, also, real quick before we change, we should talk about the we Bears. We should talk about bit. the Bears because they, they actually won the game. Did you see Sig- Sigmund Bloom's tweet this morning that no. was like, could you imagine what would have happened oh, yeah. if the Packers had let Randall Cobb go to a different team and, did, and the Giants never let James Jones go? Ooh. So Jeff Pack- Janis would lead the league in touchdowns. <laughs> wow. That's such a great point. It's a, it's a horrible thing to think about. But. Which, by the way, before we switch over to the Bears uh, – we have become in the fantasy stronghold. One of our, our favorite Twitter follows has become JS Comments, where they uh, oh God, pull yes. they pull comments off the uh, the, 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 the Milwaukee boards. Journal Sentinel. <laughs> the Milwaukee Journal website. Sentinel. Uh, here are a few that uh, have been tweeted out this morning. Oh God! Winning that Super Bowl was the worst thing that ever happened to us. Now we will never get rid of McCarthy. <laughs> Rogers Rogers needs to apologize to Favre, Star, and this entire fan base. And uh, let's see. This may sound blasphemic, but maybe they should slap a retractable roof on Lambeau and take the elements out of play. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, if you are just a fan of insane football hot takes, uh, the people, the fine people of Wisconsin sometimes. uh, They get a little overboard. They like cooking up some real hot takes. So, at JS Comments, if uh, if you are interested. Uh, Quickly, before we get to the headlines, though, the Bears, they actually did win the football game. Um, Jay Cutler, we talked about all week how Lambeau Field had really been a house of horrors for him. He'd had some awful numbers. Wasn't great. I mean, if, if you watch him on the field, he moved the offense very well. He was very efficient, did a lot of great things. Fantasy perspective, not particularly great. Just 200 yards and a touchdown, although he did uh, did not turn the ball over. So that's a plus. Um, I don't know. I've been saying it for weeks, though, now. I mean, Cutler has been an easy punchline for so long. Maybe it's the Adam Gase offense. Maybe he's finally maturing. But Jay Cutler this year has been a pretty good quarterback. I think it's a lot of the offense, and uh, they've they've helped him with the you know they've got the great running game and the, they set up a lot of easier passes. They didn't force. It's not like when Mike Martz was there with Chicago and was like Jay just whip it downfield all day. Like they run every screen in the book and they run them effectively. Like that, the Packers look like they'd never seen a wide receiver or running back screen before yesterday. And uh, that was a good way to keep Jay Cutler efficient and get his confidence going. They're hashtag getting the ball to their good players. They are. Uh, <laughs> Alshon Jeffrey like has forty percent of the team targets when he plays, or somewhere in the forty percent. Yeah, range. it's a, an obscene number. They're not really messing around with any ancillary receivers. They're getting targets to the tight end. Zach Miller looks like a pretty good player too. Yeah. Um, and the running backs get fed. Of that's probably something important to talk about. That backfield split. Yes. It was pretty yeah. much fifty-fifty. It was pretty yeah. even. Forte had. 16 touches and, and Langford, Langford 13. 13. Yeah, and looking at the snap percentage too, Forte played 55% and Langford paid, f- played 45%. So, you know, it's a, it looks like an even split and both those players are probably usable. I guess that's, that was my next question then. I mean, at this point, are they both, they are both usable for you, right? I mean, Forte probably drops from an RB1 to an RB2, but Langford's a guy that you now can feel confident putting in your lineup every yeah, week. If I have either of them, I feel fine tossing him in as a flex every week because, I mean, like we saw this week, Langford was the one that got the touchdown. Forte got tackled like right by the goal line. So they'll both put up usable yardage and it's just hoping one of them gets into the end zone to, to seal the deal for you. Well, and looking at the schedule, uh, it's it's mediocre. It's it's okay. I mean, they they have the Niners next week, so start both of them. Yeah. Uh, you know they've got the Washington United Football Club 
uh, Vikings and Buccaneers to finish out. So it's it's not great, it's not terrible, but the next two weeks will be good. Next yeah, couple weeks, uh, you should decent. take advantage of that. Yeah. Um. Well, all right. That is the recap of Thursday. Uh, let's do some headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. Well, we will start. Actually, you know, we'll start with this thing that just came across my Twitter feed because it's hilarious. Um, apparently, the story from the Syracuse.com about the Buffalo Bills, apparently Richie Incognito gained more than 10 pounds during Thanksgiving. Wow. Um, In one ten, day? I don't, I, don't, I don't really know where else to go with that other than, wow. Did he eat the whole turkey? <laughs> he, he probably had his own, <laughs> and the rest of the family had their own meal. Thanksgiving's only um, one day. Yeah, yeah well, one day. Richie put in some work, so there. Uh, okay, on the real headlines, though, uh, we mentioned it briefly. Tony Romo suffered an injury, done for the season after injuring his clavicle on a sack in the game yesterday. And obviously, with him done, the Cowboys' playoff hopes probably done alongside that. But from a fantasy perspective, what do we do now? When we talked briefly about Des Bryant, I mean, is it just time to give up the ghost with any Cowboys skill players? Um, the one that I think might be an exception is McFadden, um, just because he's getting fed so many touches. Yesterday was kind of an outlier. He had 10 carries for only 11 yards. But before that, he was averaging over 27 touches a game. And you really can't put that on the bench yeah. at this point. I think that's the only one that I would probably. Yeah, I agree. We already talked about Dez, but you're not holding any of these ancillary receivers. You're, nobody's going to start Terrence Williams anymore. Nobody's going to start Cole Beasley. Nobody's going to start Jason Witten. But you're right, like McFadden at the running back position, it McFadden might fall more into that like Sean Drone, Antonio Andrews territory now where it's like right. you can't turn your nose up at that many touches. But other than that, other than Dez and McFadden, it's uh it's not good. Which by the way, I he's not here today, but I want to give props to James Coe, because I remember way back at the beginning of the season we were trying to sort through this Dallas backfield and you know, Joseph Randall was there and you know, all these guys were kinda you know, Lance Dunbar was still hanging around there. James Coe said in the preseason that he felt like at the end of the year, Darren McFadden was going to become the guy. Now, it's sort of happened by attrition, but look, facts is facts. Darren McFadden facts is facts. <laughs> he's still the guy who's right there. So props to James Coe on, well on calling too. that one. He is. He's yes. playing very well. Um, Devontae Freeman likely out this week. Uh, last week when he went out of the game, Tevin Coleman came in and just – he looked tentative. He looked hesitant. He didn't look like the guy we saw back in week one who broke out. So, I mean, Alex, any any concern about plugging him into your lineup right now? No, I think he'll be better, and he'll receive plenty of touches. He's on the lower end of an RB2 radar, whereas we probably would have felt still good about Devonta Freeman as, uh, as an RB1. But I think Tevin Coleman, if you picked him up on waivers or had been stashing him for a while, he'll be a solid start this week. Uh, uh, agree? Disagree? I agree Anybody? he's maybe like a flex kind of guy. Like Lacey, they play the Vikings, right? Yeah. Lacey had 100 yards against them last week. I mean, if Coleman can get 15 touches, I mean, he could be a def- decent flex with a shot for a touchdown. Yeah, that Vikings run defense has definitely been uh, kind of breaking down lately. Uh, they've been much worse over the last month than they were early in the season. The problem with Coleman, though, is, you know, if you go back and watch the game from last week, those were a lot of the problems that he 
showed in that game were the same problems that he showed in Indiana that made a few people question whether he could really hack it as a feature back in the NFL. Absolutely. Uh, he did not break – I don't think he broke a tackle all game. He got bodied a few times in the red zone. When he got, like, flipped over, yeah, yeah. basically, on that goal line carry. <laughs> that was yeah. kind of embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's just not – you can tell that they lack the physicality and the sustaining toughness that Devonta Freeman brings to the running game. That kind of throws the whole offense off schedule. So I, I think he's a volatile play. Uh, I, I mean, I would I, at this point I feel that way about all the Falcons except yeah. maybe Julio Jones, but because they just they're so inconsistent, and I mean we've seen it in wins and losses. They were four and zero, and now we're talking about them possibly missing the playoffs unless they they figure something out. Um, Johnny Manziel's bench, Luke McCown starting. I feel like this Josh is, McCown. I'm oh, sorry. Josh McCown, wrong off the Verizon commercial. I know. Just, you just want Luke to get another <laughs> chance. Know, I mean, you know, some of those backups could really shine. Uh, Josh on IR. Uh, I think Luke McCown <laughs> yeah, is on he actually IR is. Um, but Still running the commercials. Though. Josh McCown yeah. is starting. <laughs> I feel like this is a win for yeah. Yeah. for fantasy owners at least. This Definitely. is this is a win. Now, you know, Travis Benjamin has a lot more uh, value. Obviously, Gary Barnage. We can all rejoice because the barnyard dog can be let off the leash this week. Yes. Um. Yeah, I you know I feel like from a fantasy perspective, seeing Johnny Manziel was not going to be a good thing for any of us. I, I don't mean, know. it was no going to be potentially It'll be fun. entertaining, sure. <laughs> I, and he would he would have been a, a frisky start given the matchup and his his running ability. But now that McCown's in there, it's a safer start. And I picked him up in a couple leagues yep. where I've got quarterback issues. Yeah, like I'm going to be starting him over Philip Rivers and Tyrod in our dynasty league. Yeah, I, I, I like that to, move. I have to stream him in a few leagues as well. He put up like 457 yards and two touchdowns, completed 70% of his passes last time they played the Ravens. And in games where he's finished outside outside of the Denver game, uh, he has a 101 quarterback rating. So, I mean, McCown has wow. played really well. He has played really well. Well, and, I, you know, beginning of the season when the Browns were talking about starting Josh McCown and everybody, like, howled, like, why aren't you starting Johnny Manziel? And then – uh, you know, McCown started balling out, and everybody just shut the hell up. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and they have. And we all happen. we all thought about the Browns as kind of this like dumpster fire of offensive weapons, but obviously they've had Barnage emerge. Tar- uh, Travis Benjamin has looked really, really good. He's a legitimate starting receiver in the NFL, um, and he's also. I think McCown is better for uh, and Dwayne Bow too. Okay, details. I'd say to cut his mic, but he's the one running the board right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. Can't shut me up. <laughs> Got some strong Dwayne Bow takes coming in, and I no, think I McCown is better for Benjamin's floor and also for Duke Johnson, like as a pass catching PPR back. I know franchise is kind of written all year in the committee meeting how Isaiah Crowell's just not getting it done. Just so, garbage. Yeah, he's been so bad. Don't just, start him. Just awful. Wasn't there – you had some stat about him the other day or something where – I don't remember. Let's go see if we can uh, we can find it. It was, uh, it, it, was on our, uh, it was on our text message chain that uh, we had. Oh, that too? Oh, the, the, about Jeremy Hill? Yeah. Uh, yes. That, uh, oh, him and Isaiah Crowell or whatever? Like the yeah. bottom yeah, two. Or the st- only other player that has less yards per carry than Jeremy Hill this year is Isaiah Crowell. Gross. With 100-plus attempts. With, with a minimum of 100 carries. Yeah. That is and I think, I think Is it, that bad? That's, that's really that's, That sounds bad. That's worse, good. worse for Jeremy Hill than, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else? That's All right. Well, while, we, while Marcus is transitioning, speaking of sad running back news, Beast Mode had his sports hernia surgery. They're yeah. eyeing a late December return. So this is great for people that have Thomas Rawls, but if you have Beast Mode, drop him? I, I, I say, I mean, unless you somehow have this extreme confidence that you're going to make it to your fantasy championship, because that's yeah. probably the only chance you get to, to use him. But, I, I mean, I don't know how you have that level of confidence. You know, I, I say it's time to say goodbye. I don't know. I'd probably I'd, 
I'd hang on to him. I would, like you're like I agree. I wouldn't just like drop him for no reason. But Bye. If, <laughs> Marcus is ruthless. Uh, you know, I would just in case, like you know, unless there's an option on your waiver wire, like if there's a Spencer Ware still out there or something, I would drop him for Ware or one of those guys we talked about this week. But I wouldn't just drop him just to pick up a kicker or something. Oh right? yeah, no. Make sure you're picking somebody up. But like, it's, but, it, it's, but it's someone about you're going to use. Someone but yeah, it's probably use. over. I mean, but it, for fantasy season. Yeah, like, like I mean, late so, December he might not come back till week seventeen. Right, and which, that's that's irrelevant in which most fantasy. Does you no good there? Uh, which, by the way, I mean, this might be the last we've seen of Marshawn yeah. Lynch. Yeah, we'll I hope not. The NFL is a better place when Beast Mode is in it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I would be surprised certainly if he's back in a Seahawks uniform, but this might be the last we've seen of him. Maybe. Period. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about it at the, kind of the beginning of the year. This is what it looks like when the running when the running back starts to decline. This is the, this is how the story goes. Like, oh, it's my hamstring. Oh, it's my back. It's my calf. You know, it's one Everything. thing after another, yeah. and yeah. then a young player comes in and looks infinitely better. Um, Marshawn Lynch, I think he only has – I know, excuse me, Thomas Rawls only has like 10 less yard or more like, yards than Marshawn Lynch fewer on carries, 10 yeah. fewer carries. Right. right. So, yeah, yeah he's been outplayed. Uh, uh, other running back news, Charkandrick West missed practice on Thursday. It's looking more and more now like Spencer Ware is going to get the start for the Chiefs this week. They take on the Buffalo Bills uh, in a huge game for both of those teams, actually. Uh Sharkandrick had been fantastic. You know, we had been saying when Jamal Charles went down, oh, Sharkandrick West, he's, you know, he's not going to be Jamal Charles, but he'll give you good numbers. Look, he's been on par with Jamal Charles with what he's he, done. He actually averaged more touches a yeah. game than Charles did. Yeah. Uh, it's, like the, it's like they realized, like, oh, man, we really need to refunnel this offense through the running back after Charles went down to be, I, guess, I don't know why, but it worked out. Sharkandrick was producing, Ware produced last week. I was lucky enough to win Ware on waivers in a couple leagues especially my league of record where I had Sharkandrick, so I'm starting him this week, no doubt. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously he looked great last week when Sharkandrick went out of the game and Spencer Ware went berserk and had a huge game. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know that there's much debate here, right? I mean, Spencer Ware's playing. You you start him in this yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah and the Bills. If you play rugby. daily fantasy for just, you know, if you're one of those people, which I play a lot um, – there's like a there's going to be a lot of value proposition of running backs this week. You've got Buck Allen, Gio Bernard, Thomas Rawls, Tevin Coleman, and Spencer Ware all in that really low range of running backs, and all because all these guys are just kind of starters unsuspectedly. Right. Ware is the best value among them, and also probably going to be the less owned one, and that's important in DFS where you need, want a you you know a unique lineup. Right. People are going to go for Buck for Rawls because they you know they know this guy plays for the Ravens. He's got a good matchup against the Browns. They watched Rawls drop 250 exactly. yards last week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Rawls is going to be super high-owned. And Ware, I think, could be a nice little, you know, not a, really a contrarian play, but a guy that's less owned, differentiates your lineup. And also, just I want to give shouts to Matt Waldman, who is, you know, one of my favorite guys, uh, one of my favorite analysts, good friend of mine too. He's been touting Spencer Ware since, like, his days at LSU. And, you know, when he's bouncing around the league, it looks silly. But then the guy gets on the field and he plays really well. Yeah, so, so it was a good, good call good, by Good Waldman. call. There you go. Uh, and final headline, uh, Frank Gore practiced fully on Thursday. It looks like he is on track to play this week against the Buccaneers. I, you know, I've been saying for a couple of weeks that Frank Gore is a guy that, you know, if you want to try to target him, especially as a package and a deal because his playoff schedule isn't terrible. I mean, you know, he's got the Jags and the Dolphins in two of those three playoff weeks. Uh, he's got the Texans in the middle, and they, they've been better. So they're, they're not maybe the pushover they once were. But – as long as Andrew Luck is still out and they're relying on Matt Hasselbeck, I feel like they're going to have to lean on that running game. And I know we saw Ahmad Bradshaw quite a bit last week, and he had the two touchdowns. But, look, 
I feel like you could do worse than Frank Gore. And, like, looking at his, his game logs, the yardage has been there. The issue is he hasn't scored a lot of touchdowns this year. Nobody but, on the Colts has scored a lot of touchdowns. Well, I mean, that's it. But in terms of, you know, like, snaps and touches and yardage, Frank Gore's not having a bad year right now. No. I think when you lose your starting quarterback, especially – you know, a, a potentially elite level one like Andrew Luck, it takes the ceiling off the offense. It decreases the offensive pie. So that's why you're not seeing the touchdowns. But as far as yardage and touches goes, you're right. Frank, Frank Gore has really been reliable. I mean, 19 last week was the lowest he's seen in the last three weeks. Right. Total touches. He's, he's a real – he's like a very safe RB2 play because mm-hmm. he's going to give you a solid contribution. And if he is able to get into the end zone, then he bumps it up from like around a 8 to 10-point day towards that like 15 to 20-point day. So that's – He's, he's useful, and it's great that he's practicing now. Um, we'll still see Ahmad Bradshaw in the red zone catching passes because that's how they've been using him, and that's what he excels at. He's kind of like that Theo Riddick where he's, he's a good matchup against linebackers. But Gore's going to be getting lots of touches uh, move, moving the chains for the Colts. So he's, yes. he's a solid play. It's good to see him practicing fully on Thursday. There you go. Uh, moving on to our best and worst matchups for the week. I want to get through some of these kind of quickly because we uh, I want to get some of these Black Friday uh, dilemmas oh, I've, too. I've got them yeah. cooked up for you guys. There we but. go. All right, so um, – Best matchups, I feel like Brian Hoyer is just kind of – look, they're playing the Saints, right? So we're all on board with Brian Hoyer this week, uh, presumably. And DeAndre Hopkins. And DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was walking my dog this morning, and I kind of had this, like – it was. it's early. I was drinking my coffee, and I was having a little bit of a nightmare scenario where we'd out Brian Hoyer and DeAndre Hopkins all week, and then for some reason Alfred Blue goes off on the Saints defense. Oh, it's going to happen. Don't put, <laughs> don't put that you evil imagine into the world. I would throw up all under my desk all day, all <laughs> afternoon. Uh. <laughs> I, uh. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's going to happen. I mean, you know, because everything points to those two guys having huge games. So somehow, somehow, the this is will, the Alfred Blue thirty-one the will rise up and stop DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, yeah, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, Josh McCown. Uh, I see Eli Manning here, and you know, I won't say Eli Manning is matchup proof because that's certainly not the case. But Eli is that guy that everybody kind of snickers at. They make fun of Manning face, and then like you look at the standings at the end of the year, and Eli's like a top ten quarterback. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just. I feel like we should just stop doubting Eli. He's a top 10 quarterback right now, and that Washington defense is bad. They lost Chris Culliver for the year to a mm-hmm. torn ACL yeah. yesterday. Yeah. They were really good when he was in there anyway. So, yeah, no, I think I think Beckham and Eli are going to – this is one of those potentially nuclear games for them. Yeah, yeah. and on the flip side, that's why I put uh, Cousins as well. Is like This game could turn into a shootout. Cousins is at, Cousins is at home, right, in this yes. game? Yes, yes, yes. Home road splits are, like, ridiculous and this year. And he's got Deshaun Jackson back healthy now. We saw D-Jacks flash last week a little bit. So this could be a game where there's there's a lot of points going back and forth, and if you're in need of a streamer, I think Cousins was one of your picks in the yeah. Sleepers article this one, week too, right? And I will say there's just two things that kind of have me worried about the fact that I already put that out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one, Jordan Reed has an MCL injury, so if he's less than 100%, that could be kind of a worry. He's supposed to play, though. Right. Yeah, for sure. Just the thing with him is it's, it could be, you know, it's it's always kind of like he is a very obviously injured, you know, I hate saying injury prone, but he's often injured. And, uh, you know, that's a matchup that they could exploit. But also that Giants defense is kind of getting some good personnel. They get Prince of Mukamara back this week, who's a good cover corner. JPP is obviously DRC's playing. been playing well. Yeah, the so. Giants, Giants defense has been a sneaky play in fantasy, but yeah. they're still a bad real defense. For sure. Like one of the worst. Yeah, it's. I'm, I mean, if you had to stream Cousins this week, I would probably – it's fine. I mean, Hoyer yeah. – I prefer Hoyer and McCown Absolutely. over Cousins. But yeah. if those guys get taken, uh, Cousins probably got dropped this week because he had a bad week following a really good week. 
So, I mean, I'm fine with it, but I'm just there are a few things that just have me a little less confident than I was on Wednesday. Yeah, definitely. Uh, on the flip side, you know, we talked about the Falcons and their inconsistent offense. Like, Matt Ryan, I just I, – I'm done. I, oh, I, yeah. I've had enough. Dude, bro, bro should be on waivers. <laughs> I've had enough. That's, that's, I'm, I'm done with that. Um, Andy Dalton, I won't say bad Andy has shown up, but less than good Andy has been around the last couple of weeks, yeah. and that that makes me nervous. And the schedule, his schedule down the stretch is not one – that I want to mess around with. Yeah, this week's a really bad matchup against the Rams. He still snagged 22 opponents. He had, he, had opponent. he had a good fantasy game against the Cardinals. Yeah, 22 yeah, points yeah. against the Cardinals he last did. week. What an idiot. He had a good game against the, uh, against the Cardinals. But I think this could be a bigger week for the Bengals' ground game uh, because I think they will beat the Rams and the Case Keenum, oh, rest in peace, Case Keenum, and or Nick Foles, <laughs> whoever is back there, um, they'll probably beat them and be in a position to run the football a lot. Dare we say no. Jeremy? No, 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 okay. no. I'm not getting back into that. All right, never mind. Uh, Tyrod, I mean, the stronghold, we were, we have been huge supporters of Tyrod Taylor all year. Uh, this week, not so much. He's injured. Uh, He's going into the buzzsaw. That's the Chiefs defense. It's been playing phenomenal. The Chiefs are at home. Just don't. I don't like any of this. It's the perfect storm of bad. Yeah, franchise. You had the Chiefs as a streaming defense this week, right? Yeah, they've yeah. been on fire. Yeah, they've been. They and they have good some good matchups coming up too. Sure. So you can probably grab them and use them for the next couple weeks. I forget what their ownership was too on NFL.com. It's, but it's like insanely low for how it was about thirty percent. Well, they were such a bad defense to start the year when they had Sean right. Smith on suspension, and then the pass rush wasn't really going. But they've looked better lately, and I love Tyrod. I mean. I was one of the first people to really be touting him this off season, and uh, but unfortunately, yeah, it's just it's not good right now, and you know he's a low end starter in the NFL at this point, and might even just be a high end backup. But yeah, he's injured. The offense really doesn't have a lot going on outside of McCoy. So yeah. McCoy McCoy's the only person I'd trust starting this week, but I'd lower my expectations. Yeah, yeah. there you yeah. go. Uh, over the running back spot, uh, we talked a little bit about some of these guys. Look, I've been on T.J. Yeldon for about a month now because I yeah. just I like the Jaguar schedule down the stretch. Plus, their offense has he's been, been looking uh, good. He's been looking he good, looks really good. And I you look, I, I got to retract some things because I said before the season I wasn't big on T.J. Yeldon, and he has been better than I thought he would be. And so you know, I, the it's been a pleasant surprise. I just watching him at Alabama, I just wasn't really impressed, uh, but. Look, he's performed very, very well, and he's he's really taken command in that backfield there. You don't have to worry about Bernard Robinson or Toby Gerhardt or anybody like that. <laughs> well, except they gave Robinson except like, like seven, seven carries. I know, red zone. Bunch of them, which I hope you know. I hope you've learned your lesson, Gus Bradley. Yeah, that Craig was Olson. weird. I remember back, like even before the season started, franchise and I were sucking back some drinks at uh a- after we had High Life Friday, and we were talking about T.J. Yeldon, how he definitely has some elite qualities to his running style that are kind of go under noticed, but he definitely has great vision, really good patience, and the way he generates power from his hips instead yeah. of like his upper body is really impressive. And he could be that guy. Like we're talking, I know we're looking forward to next year. Shut up, Harmon. But um, <laughs> <laughs> like this is a guy that could be kind of that real big breakout. Like not maybe not to Le'Veon Bell status, but the guy that has like kind of an okay rookie year and then takes and a massive step forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one I, name I do want to get to real quick: uh, Chris Ivory. He's got a fantastic matchup this week. Uh, the the Dolphins is the concern. The Dolphins' run defense has been just awful recently. Health is an issue, and I don't know. He just he even before he really got hurt, wasn't looking great. I mean, he's had a few bad weeks in there. 
I feel like if I if you have him, you're probably flexing him. But I just I don't know. I'm I'm scared. I'm gonna guys. keep the faith because I've been a fan of Ivory all year, and I'm just gonna hope that he's healthy enough to take advantage of the matchup. But yeah. I'm also preparing myself for another like three point outing. In his last four games, he's averaged 44.5 rushing yards per game. But he's he saved some of his weeks with touchdowns. But recently, yeah. he's just not been good. Yeah, it's kind of more of a factor. Like, is the uh, is the passing offense going to move the ball through the airs to get him into uh, you know the red zone into goal line situations? Because yeah, right now you can't really trust that he's healthy enough to to be the banger, like to take twenty carries or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just all right. Makes me nervous. Still, uh, still sticking with him this week, though. Yeah. Any other, any other matchups on here that uh, jump out? Anybody good, bad, otherwise? Uh, Marcus, do you have uh, Chris Johnson like second in your running back rankings? Yeah, man. Because he went berserk. Like the game against the Niners in Week Three was the one where he reintroduced That's himself. Three touchdowns too. You though. know, and that was his. You know, allow me to reintroduce myself. Yeah. Moment. And look, man, Thomas Rawls just eviscerated them yeah. <laughs> last week. So. Yeah. And they keep stuffing the ball down Chris Johnson's throat. I mean, like, I don't – he's seen, like, over 20 touches pretty much since he got there. Yeah. Uh, and started, like you said, started that big run after week three. He's been tremendous. Uh, you know, even if he doesn't get, like, a lot of yards per carry or anything like that or score a lot of touchdowns, Bruce Arians just loves the fact that he can rely on this guy for, like, three yards because they Definitely. have a big vertical passing game. Yeah. Chris Johnson's kind of like the jab in that offense. He just keeps jabbing with them, and yeah. then he'll bring in Ellington or David Johnson for the hook yeah. in the backfield. Right. That That's the haymaker. There. The haymaker. Um – all right, why don't we move on to let's this move next on to the yeah, let's I'm do sure you're I'm, all curious. I'm very so we have some uh, because it is Black Friday and look, stay safe out in them streets, folks. Uh, I already saw online some, shop, just online shop. <laughs> Seriously, Cyber Monday. I'm not going to be working at all today. Amazon, I'll just be, I'll just be shopping. Amazon is uh, is the safe way to go, but uh, if you're out there, please be careful. Um, <laughs> but we have some fantasy dilemmas here. So uh, since Friday. it is Black Friday, I cooked up, cooked up some Black Friday situations that, but instead of a deal, they're obviously going to have a fantasy spin at the end. So stronghold. <laughs> you awoke at 2 a.m. to camp outside your local electronics store to get an insane deal on an Xbox One. After enduring the cold of the morning and the body odor of your fellow shoppers, you're racing through the store, elbowing people out of the way and route to your system when a different deal catches your eye. Two touchdown scoring machines at wide receiver, Eric Decker and Martavis Bryant, but Ooh. you can only choose one to have for the rest of the season. Who do you choose? Rest Ooh. of the season, huh? I think this answer is easy. Well, do no. you? I do, I do, and and you'll be surprised for how much I stick up for poor underappreciated Eric Decker. No, I won't. Well, no, 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 no. I said <laughs> you will be surprised considering that because I'm going to go Martavis Bryant. Yeah, and, oh. I, and I think it's, I like I said, I think it's easy. Uh, right now, we don't even know if Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be starting for much longer, and that will bring the Geno coaster back into effect. And oh God, that's I know there's like a faction of Geno truthers on Twitter that actually think he's better than Fitzpatrick, but give me a break. Um, Decker is an elite touchdown scorer in the NFL. Um, however, so is Martavis Bryant, and he's a guy that I know. You know, he can kind of have sometimes. Right now, his floor is pretty much kind of that three for forty sort of week. Where last year it was even lower than that because he's basically playing a ton of snaps. He is he and uh, Antonio Bryant own a fifty percent both like combined own a fifty percent share of the team targets. Bryant is a guy that can blow up regardless of matchup. He has and talk about he could still go bananas this weekend. Oh, I, yeah. I'm going to play him a lot in DFS because I think he will get over on Kerry Williams and some of those other cover guys. Um, I think he could, I and mean, he could beat Sherman too. I mean, Bryant has elite tools. Uh, you talk about he's, guys. He's a freak. Yeah, look, look. I, I mean, I was going to say Martavis Bryant as well. I mean, but I, I, 
I'm just shocked. Well, no, and I mean, and like, please, you guys, also, but, I, but listeners, you have to understand that there are no bigger Eric Decker truthers out there than Matt. He doesn't even Harmon. need to be a truther. He's production. He's just a yeah. Fan. No, he's just a fan of a of a of, of a, a damn player. good football player. Okay, <laughs> so I don't really think that qualifies. Just just you know, people. I'm not going to name who. Like <laughs> to just Cole. like to just slander and take shots at Eric Decker, but you know <laughs> the guy's been just a productive machine in so, the NFL. Decker, so Decker's con- that consistent guy who'll get you points every week. Yeah, but Brian's ceiling is just, exactly. just outweighs. Like he'll have those 25 point games that Decker just doesn't get. By the yeah. way, I, I, so for the moment, Davis Bryant all the way around. Yeah, yeah. And for the moment, real quick, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry at at this point about the Geno coaster coming in unless there's an injury to Fitzpatrick. The Jets. Still hanging around that playoff race, so I yeah, think, I think you know as long as they're doing that, I think Todd Bowles would be foolish to make a change. I I agree, but they're just you know when they asked about Fitzpatrick, he, he kind of like gave a eh, yeah, he's a starter sort of answer. He didn't be like yeah, hell yeah, this is my guy. So you know, just just something to be a little concerned about. There you go. All right, the next Black Friday dilemma. You've sidestepped the brawl happening between two dads fighting over the last Star Wars replica lightsaber, and you've come across a <laughs> hidden deal at the back of an aisle. Two of the waiver wire dollar darlings this past week, but you only have the cash for one. Who do you start? Spencer Ware or Buck Allen? Uh, I actually would say <laughs> I would probably start and, you know, oh, I'm going to choke here. Hang on. Mark has almost died on the podcast, buddy. <laughs> Still dying. In fact, somebody else answer this because I'm going to die real quick. I think I would go with Buck Allen. Why? You didn't sound very confident. Well, are we talking this week or this for the week. rest of the this week? This, this is week. This week. I mean, Browns D has been playing better lately, but they've been they've been torched by running backs. Allen is going to get all of the carries. Mm-hmm. He had, I think, he had twenty two carries last week after Forsett went out, and like behind Buck Allen. Who is there? Mo- Mo- Mostert? Mostert? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Terrence West, guys. Oh, yeah. Revenge West, game. Terrence West is there. There it is. Like, I don't, yes. I, th- I just think Buck Allen's just going to get overloaded with volume, and he's going to make the most out of it. You're right. Baltimore running backs have accounted for over 60% of the team touches, which is seventh in the NFL. Among uh, Ooh, Look at that little nugget. Yeah, that, that, comes, nugget. that comes from uh, TJ Hernandez from 444 Football uh, on his podcast I listened to this morning during that nightmare dog walk. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to go the other way and say, I would go with Spencer Ware this week. I think he could just as easily see a ton of touches. And also right now, I just trust the chiefs offense more than the Ravens. I mentioned earlier about when you lose a quarterback, especially an elite one, like Joe Flacco. That's I'm kind of joking, but, but seriously, but not, uh, but, but not, <laughs> it's better than Schaub. but he's, yeah, I mean, Flacco <laughs> is a really good quarterback. Who's actually played, who was playing pretty well considering what he was playing with. Yeah. They've lost their starting receiver. They've lost their starting running back. They've lost their starting quarterback it is tough to maintain an efficient offense and Matt freaking Schaub is going to lead this team I mean Buck Allen you're right he could see like 25 touches but average like three yards a touch right I think the ceiling is just better with Spencer Ware if Chark Hendrick sits who is like he's a good like we said he looked like a really good player last week in a good matchup but yeah he could see 25 touches and potentially get in the end zone uh yeah I was I actually was before I started choking to death was going to lean towards Spencer Ware simply because that Chiefs offense hasn't Aside from obviously where stepping in for Trek Hendrick West, that offense hasn't really undergone any changes. I mean, the the Ravens not only did they lose Justin Forsett, they lost their quarterback. I mean, they really lost the trigger man who makes that whole thing go. They and lost Steve Smith. They lost Steve Smith. <laughs> and I just think you know, if you're a defense, again, the last time we saw Matt Schaub, he had zero arm strength. He was throwing pick sixes like you know people handing out Thanksgiving turkeys. Um, I just think that makes the Ravens a little easier to defend. And while I do think Buck Allen's going to have a t- ton of volume. 
Uh, I just think the the Browns are going to make sure that he's not the guy that beats them this week. All right. I would go with Spencer Ware for what it's worth, too. Last one. Your cart, your cart is filled with nonsense and a bunch of crap that will likely be broken or forgotten about in the coming months. Yet the allure of a deal continues to wreak havoc on your wallet. Escape is imminent as you wait behind an old couple arguing with the cashier about their coupons to get the maximum deal, obviously, when a bargain bin nearby catches your eye. Wowza! A four-for-one or three-for-one deal. But your cart only has room for one crowded backfield. Do you pick the Giants' backfield or the Washington backfield for the rest of the oh season? My, oh, oh, my God. I turn around and I walk out of the store. Yeah. Uh, you have to choose, you guys. The deal. It's a deal. Uh, Four for I, one. I'm Three for one. If you have to choose, who would you? Washington. Which, I would probably yeah, pick the Washington backfield. They've at least been productive. At least there's yeah. only three of them, not four. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you guys, it's a deal. That's yeah. what Black Friday is all about. This is, just, this is like that dollar bin at Target. Yeah, it is. Know, like, oh. I mean, I still think Matt Jones has like explosive potential. So yeah. if you have to throw him in, you know, at least I feel better. Like he might bust a big run. He has, or, you know, Chris Thompson could catch a lot of passes. Yeah. But Just gross. nothing good to say about the Giants. No, giant literally matches. nothing. I mean, even Shane Vereen, who's like the one that should be like, okay, if, you know, they might throw him the ball a lot. He'll get like five catches a game, especially in shootout games. That doesn't even happen. No. Yeah. All right. Actually, I lied. I had one more. I forgot about this one. Yes. All right. You're trapped in a corner of the store amongst crying and sick children. You're unable Gross. to get to the Blu-ray deals you wanted, so you turn around and race away from the children, looking for a backup plan when you stumble into a bin filled with backup running backs with a chance to shine and starting opportunities. Do you start Tevin Coleman versus Minnesota or Thomas Rawls versus Pittsburgh? Rawls. Oh, yeah, Rawls. This is easy. The, the Rawls. easy answer is Rawls, but Pittsburgh's run D is it's true. It has been good, good but I just eye test yeah, Rawls. Yeah, Rawls, Rawls is the, the – yeah, Rawls is is good, and he's going to get a lot of uh, opportunity. So, yeah, I would go with Rawls, even though Coleman could make that look silly with, like, a 70-yard touchdown run against what defense. Yeah, like you, you said earlier, Harmon, he's volatile because while Coleman did get stuffed and lacked that physicality that Freeman brought, if he gets a crease and can hit it, he could be gone. I mean, he's is, he's a home run guy. Is Rawls an R, he's an RB1 the rest of the way, right? At oh, absolutely. Point, yes. yeah. Didn't yes. Rawls have, the, like, a home run run a couple weeks ago? Uh, maybe it was against Cincinnati. He, yeah, Cincinnati. He had, a like, big, had like, super a, long. Yeah, he had 169 touchdown. yards and a touchdown in that, and one, I think, the touchdown to come up on a long. It like came on a huge one. yarder, yeah. So, All right. I mean, he's got that potential, too. All right, uh, let's, let's, shall we dap it up? Let's dap it and get out of here. Let's do it. All right, the Daily Daps. Uh, we got two new guys here, so I'm going to give them a little extra time to get their daps ready. So, uh, Alex, how about you, you start right, us off? I got, a, I got a good one. I follow this Twitter account because I'm, I'm a cinephile. You guys hear me talk about movies a lot. It's called One Perfect Shot. Most of the time it just tweets out, like, great images from great movies, but they'll also throw out deals and other fun things that they find. So I don't know who it was that made it, so apologies, but they tweeted out uh, there's a somebody made a spoof Mad Max Black Friday trailer uh, <laughs> that took the Mad Max Fury Road trailer, but superimposed a bunch of Black Friday things, and instead Tom Hardy is like an employee at a store, and all the the crazy people are um, are Black Friday shoppers. It's pretty darn funny. I'll I'll tweet out the link later, but otherwise you can find it at One Perfect Shot. They tweeted it out this morning, or just search Mad Max Black Friday. It was uh, it was pretty darn funny. That's very awesome. I have them check that out when I get back to my desk. Right. Uh Matt Harmon, you got a daily dab for us? 
I do. I'm going to dap uh, Blue Buffalo Wilderness dog food. Um, I, <laughs> I use that too. Yeah, man. We'll dap each other right now. <laughs> yeah. No. So yesterday, I normally give – I don't feed Charlie that, the raw food, but normally I give him just dry food. But yesterday for Thanksgiving, I, I gave him a can of wet food, and oh, boy, did he go bananas. I mean, he was, like, licking the floor around the place yesterday. <laughs> Charlie is my dog. If you follow me on Twitter, you know about Charlie. He's got a got a very passionate fan base that uh, – I'll dap you guys too because that, that's always very nice to see. It's very cool that people are so – engage with old charlie but yeah i'm gonna dap them up uh yeah so again if anybody from blue buffalo is um is listening you got a free endorsement right here so you can email me and uh charlie that, and I will that food also promotional. like the the pressure of entertaining everybody at thanksgiving yesterday put charlie into a bit of a coma yeah in the, if you, in follow, you can go on my instagram account too and see just he's just knocked out yeah it was tough he was even a little sluggish this morning man i think the pressure got to him <laughs> it's a rough day for everybody uh franchise uh, I am going to go stick with my music theme, as I always have, and I'm going to dap this heavy metal band that I've been into called Baroness. Oh, they're great. I love Baroness. Yeah, so they have th- – their albums are all – the titles are color-themed, so they put out the red album. That was their first, then the blue record, and their last album was a double album called Yellow and Green back in 2011. They have a new album called Purple coming out in December. A couple tracks are out. But the crazy thing about this band is back in 2012 um, – the the band's bus, I think, was on their way somewhere after a show uh, in England, and there was really bad weather. The bus fell 30 feet from a viaduct. What? Wow. And, like, <laughs> all the members of the band were injured. The lead singer-guitarist, like, fractured his arm in several places and couldn't play guitar for a long time while he recovered. But they're back, and they're putting out music again, and it's, like, this cool... Uh, you know, comeback story, and they're just melting faces. Thirty so. feet! Wow. Yeah. Their bus. Could you imagine being in a vehicle that fell thirty feet? Yeah, oh. that's insane. And they no, I don't think anyone died in it, but they were all very badly injured. It's pretty crazy. So, wow, wow. Uh, my daily dap. I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. It's uh, I'm dapping up all those folks who have to work retail on Black Friday. Uh, I say that as somebody who did that once. I once uh, I once worked at the Gap. On a Black Friday, uh, in a mall, <laughs> and I, I mean, we were lucky because we didn't actually open until six o'clock in the morning. But the Macy's down the way opened at like four, and I will never forget the image of people literally sprinting through the mall and uh, people seeing us in their folding khakis and sweaters and getting ready and <laughs> knocking on the glass, wondering when we were going to open. Uh, just the insane lines. It has become. Uh, to say madness is probably an understatement to the point that people's safety and you know uh, is really in jeopardy in a lot of places. So uh, if you're out there and you are shopping, I mean, you know, good on you. Obviously, you're feeding the economy and you're helping us all be, you know, semi better humans. Uh, semi so, is a, a emphasis on semi. Semi. Uh, so you know, obviously, enjoy your day, be safe. But uh, for all those folks who had to get up early and either cut their Thanksgiving shorts or leave their families early in the morning. Uh, props to you. Uh, I don't envy yep. you. Uh, I'd certainly, uh, you know, it's it's not fun. Also, uh, an undapped to any store that starts their Black Friday on Thanksgiving. On Thursday. What is up absolutely? With that? That's, That's a new terrible. Thing now. That's Stop absolutely it. terrible. We, we should it. probably save uh, Stop all the all my uh, hot takes on uh, on on Black Friday for their political podcast. Yes, yes. We'll, uh, we'll do that later. Uh, I would, okay. but, but one one quick positive the daily dap uh, before we get out of here. There's a part four of the Hanukkah song. Oh, what? oh, nice. Yes, there's a part for the Hanukkah song. It includes mentions of Shia LaBeouf, Seth Rogen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, <laughs> and uh, 
Jared from Subway. Excellent. Oh yeah. no. Check so uh, go look up go look up Hanukkah song part four. It's on YouTube. So that'll. Uh, All right. I got, I got one positive. more quick dap. Yeah. Tomorrow is the Wiz Kids. Yes. Yeah. Happy birthday, Alex Gelhar. You're officially old now. Yeah, I'm, dude. I'm you're like join the club. Now. Late late twenties. <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to put uh, franchise and Gelhar in the uh, fantasy retirement home season. You are officially old. Join us. So playing shuffleboard out there. There you go. All right. Let's get out of here. That will do it for the newly old WizKid from Wisconsin for the franchise. For Matt Harmon, you need a nickname. I'm Marcus Grant, CNFL Fantasy Live Podcast. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.